Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Over the weekend, the World Health Organization declared that monkeypox was a public health emergency of international concern. We have an outbreak that has spread around the world rapidly through new modes of transmission about which we understand too little and which meets the criteria in the international health regulations. That's its highest level warning. That is the biggest alert it can flag. And what it means is there's going to be more international coordination moving forward on trying to tackle the monkeypox outbreak. That is Dan Diamond. He's a health policy reporter for The Post. And he says that the Biden administration is now in a heated debate about whether they should also declare a public health emergency here in the U.S. It's not a given that when the World Health Organization says there's a global emergency that the U.S. needs to follow. But there's every expectation that a public health emergency should be on the table, at least, for monkeypox, given how rapidly it's spread here in the States. From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Martine Powers. It's Tuesday, July 26th. Today, the race to contain monkeypox in the U.S. and how this effort is being held up by red tape and politics. So, Dan, I want to go back a little bit and talk about what actually is monkeypox. I think people have been seeing headlines about this for a few months now, but I think it's worth just talking about what it is and what we know about it at this point. Well, monkeypox is somewhat a misleading name, Martine. It was first detected in lab monkeys about 60 years ago. That's where the name comes from. But it actually tends to be spread by rats or rodents, like so many viruses. It is not related to chicken pox. So just because it has an animal name and pox at the end, very different virus. Monkey pox can lead to fever, swollen lymph nodes, lesions that can be extremely painful and can scar. And it can also incubate for weeks in infected people, which makes it hard to detect. Someone could go to a dance party in Miami, unknowingly get infected because monkey pox is spread skin to skin, then fly home to uh, Milwaukee and infect family and friends there. Hmm. That has been part of the challenge in locking this down. Monkeypox can take weeks to manifest in infected people. And do we know how many people have been infected around the world and in the U.S.? Well, we have a guess. The most recent data suggests about 4,000 people in the United States have confirmed cases and another 14,000 around the world, so maybe 18,000 total. But the real numbers might be much higher. Health Secretary Becerra went on CNN this week and said, We've got about, oh, some 3,000 cases that have been reported. We suspect there's several, much more than that. Because in many cases, people might have rashes that aren't turning into lesions. They're going to the doctor. Doctor says, well, maybe this is some other sort of reaction. And monkeypox just isn't getting picked up at the level it needs Mm. to for us to know for sure how many people are infected. And let's talk a little bit more about how it spreads. You mentioned that skin-to-skin contact is a factor here. I've also heard of it described as a um, something that is transmitted sexually. So, so how do we? What do we know about the spread and the ways that it's most likely to spread? Well, skin-to-skin has been the primary way that monkeypox can spread. There's also evidence that if someone who's infected is, say, handling a towel, and someone comes in the bathroom and uses the same towel for a shower. Maybe that can be a way to spread, too. 
it's not considered a sexually transmitted disease, though there has been a similar pattern to STDs and how it has spread rapidly in the gay and bisexual community, where there have been sexual partners, maybe one who had monkeypox, a lot of skin-to-skin contact, the other person then contracts monkeypox later, whether it's because of the fluids that are exchanged during sex or just the skin-to-skin. I, I know researchers are still looking into that. But we also know, Martine, that there is a good chance if you are extensively around someone who's infected, you may end up contracting monkeypox just by virtue of being in the vicinity, whether touching the person, touching shared items. Mm. Uh, the first two cases in the United States and children were confirmed last week. And these were children who likely shared a household with gay or bisexual adults who were infected mm. with monkeypox. And what about vaccines? Is there a vaccine available for monkeypox? There are two vaccines, though one is considered far better than the other, and that one is called Genios. It's produced by a manufacturer in Denmark. The United States had already contracted for hundreds of thousands of doses, but a major challenge is that lots of those doses had been sitting overseas in a plant in Denmark waiting for FDA inspections. The pace of getting those doses has been rather slow, and that's contributed to major frustration that People want the vaccine against monkeypox, particularly in the gay and bisexual community if you've been exposed. Like with other vaccines, if you get it before the virus, you're protected at a high rate. And even if you have been exposed and you're getting that vaccine within a few days of that exposure, it can offer some protective effects too. But the Genios vaccine has been hard to come by in recent weeks. There's a second vaccine, an older vaccine called ACAM2000. It's approved for smallpox, which is the related virus. It is not specifically approved for monkeypox. Public health experts don't want to have to use that one. If they can, they want to use the Genios vaccine. But it has been a real challenge of supply does not meet the growing demand. And what has the government been doing to try to get more access to these vaccines and particularly the what sounds like the good one, right? Like what have they said about their efforts to get better supply of this? The Biden administration has been pretty clear. This isn't like COVID where we were waiting a year for a vaccine. We have vaccines available. But the reality, Martine, has been those vaccines have not been immediately available to meet demand. In New York City, vaccination appointments have gone within minutes of being posted online. The Biden administration has been slowly bringing over more doses of this Genios vaccine from Denmark. But as the Washington Post first reported about a month ago, my colleagues Lena Sun, Fen, and Irapol and I, the FDA inspection hadn't happened yet to expedite getting those doses from Denmark to the states. Mm. That's been a major source of frustration for advocates and for patients who want this vaccine that the United States owns, but it just isn't here. It's, it's stuck overseas. Even if we get all of those doses, though, the total population of people that the CDC says should be getting vaccinated, is bigger than the total supply we have of Genios. So we are headed for a vaccine cliff, I think, where in the coming weeks, people will want this better quality vaccine, and it's just not going to be available. Let me say a few things about um, those comments and and your question. I interviewed CDC Director Rochelle Walensky last week for Washington Post Live, and I asked her about the monkeypox outbreak, how they're responding, Do they know that they're doing a better job than the United States did two and a half years ago when 
responding to the early COVID outbreak? First, um, we're in a very different situation with monkeypox. It's a very different disease, a very different virus than SARS-CoV-2. Biden officials have been confident, Martine, that we can stop this outbreak from becoming permanently entrenched, from becoming endemic in the United States. That is the flashpoint with so many public health experts right now, that monkeypox will get a foothold here in the States, where it's never had a foothold before, and it will just start circulating, that we will be one of the countries that occasionally has a monkeypox outbreak. Dr. Walensky also said that CDC has had real challenges in responding because they don't have good data. They don't know how many people have been vaccinated, for instance. But there's one key important similarity with um, COVID and with monkeypox, and that is CDC's inability to see the data in real time. And I think that this is really important. Um, I have been struck as we at CDC are now conquering another public health challenge, monkeypox, as to how little authority we at CDC have to receive the data. So I can tell you that while we um, have been working with our ASPR colleagues to get vaccine out to jurisdictions, we at CDC currently have no data on who's been vaccinated. Which does recall the struggles during COVID where CDC was often flying blind or, or it seemed mm -hmm. like following behind rather than leading the response. One argument for a public health emergency in the U.S. is that that would enable new authorities that theoretically would help CDC get better data collection from the states. Hmm. And what else would it mean for a public health emergency to officially be declared here in the U.S.? Well, that was the debate that raged inside the Biden administration these past number of days. There are health officials who say this is significant. It will allow CDC to collect more data. It will help expedite the ability of regulators to just rush new treatments if need be, like we saw during COVID. But then there are others who say this is mostly symbolic, that a public health emergency, yes, it might get awareness and attention, but it doesn't actually do enough to address, say, getting vaccine doses into the states. That doesn't really have anything to do with a public health emergency or just doing better communication overall about who's at risk. You don't need a public health emergency to do that. And the Biden administration is also juggling multiple requests for public health emergencies. There are people who want an abortion public health emergency. Hmm. There are folks who want a public health emergency for gun violence. There's a broader emergency being contemplated for climate change. And I think the Biden administration, looking ahead at the midterms where Democrats are going to have a pretty rough go by all expectations, they don't want to be in the business of declaring emergencies when voters are going to be going to the polls in a few months to render a verdict on how this administration is doing. After the break, we'll talk about how worried people should be about monkeypox and the balancing act of getting the public health messaging right. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. 
Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. So, Dan, can you talk a little bit about whether you think people should be worried about monkeypox? Like when we think about our listeners and what they're going to take away from this, I mean, should this start to rise to something that they need to be concerned about on a day-to-day basis? I think it depends who that listener is. I have a family member who's gay, who has gone to parties with other gay men. That was someone I encouraged to get vaccinated if the circumstances made sense. If you are someone who is in the middle of the country and not in an urban center where a lot of the cases have been detected, I don't think monkeypox is an immediate threat, probably not a long-term threat. So overall, the risk does seem low. It's more about will this become a long-term virus circulating in the United States? Will this get entrenched? And will it be something that we will have to keep beating back in the years ahead? There is a chance that thousands of additional people end up testing positive for monkeypox. It could end up becoming a problem this fall if the outbreak isn't contained and kids are going back to school. But at this point, there is still hope of staving that off the emerging questions have been, where do we go long term? It also seems like there are some real challenges here in terms of getting the public health messaging right, not stigmatizing communities where monkeypox has already been spreading, but also being clear on where the cases have been spreading and what the risk is for different people, for different members of your family. And can you talk a little bit about how public health officials are trying to navigate that and what are the the risks of trying to be specific yet not too specific about who monkeypox is affecting right now? Overwhelmingly, the cases are in the gay and bisexual community, or you may have heard this term, men who have sex with men. It's possible there are many cases outside that community that just aren't being detected because people don't know to get tested for it. But public health experts have focused their attention on this community where thousands of cases have been overwhelmingly detected. And they are being spread in sexual liaisons, in group parties, where again, maybe you're just raving on a dance floor. But if you're uh, next to someone who has monkeypox, that could be an easy way to contract the virus too. Public health experts have tried to warn that community, but also have been very conscious of not creating additional stigma in some corners of of the media, certainly in conservative media. This is increasingly being portrayed as a gay disease, which it is not. There is nothing specific about monkeypox that means it will only affect gay and bisexual men. Again, this is just the community that it's spreading in. There is every expectation that it will spill over into other communities too. So public Mm -hmm. health experts are trying to warn that community, but not create additional stigma. Yeah, it it feels like a really difficult bind that public health experts are in right now, because on the one hand, we're saying that it's not obviously like specific to gay people, men who have sex with men, but at the same time, the fact that that is overwhelmingly the community in which it spreads so far. I mean, it's hard. I think like regular people will look at those two facts and be confused about how they fit together. Right. The messaging in some ways has been like HIV AIDS decades ago, which was seen as a gay disease until it wasn't. In this case, it's possible that monkeypox could, say, get into population of kids. And kids who play with the same toys, who are roughhousing, you know, rolling around on a hill in a park, 
that's just as easy a way to spread monkeypox mm. as how it has spread in the gay and bisexual community. I think one reason we've seen so much spread in the gay and bisexual community is the calendar was not our friend. There was Pride Month recently where there were lots of parties in the gay and bisexual community and people who had been cooped up for two years because of COVID wanted to get together. So you have this perfect storm of a virus that spreads in close contact. It's not a gay and bisexual disease. It's just a disease that's hitting them hard and could hit other communities hard, Hmm. young populations, old populations, if it gets into those communities too. You know, in some ways, it feels like this moment is a little bit of deja vu, that we're having this conversation about how the government and public health officials are responding to a health potential emergency, um, that we are asking questions in real time about whether they're making the right decisions, whether they're getting the messaging right and threading the needle on, you know, how to make people aware but not overly scared and how to stop something like this from being politicized. Do you feel like the public health community and the government have learned real lessons from COVID that they're applying here or that they're making the same mistakes that we've seen made over the last three years? Let me just first say, I was so excited to come back on Post Reports and not talk about COVID. And then here I am (laughs) talking about monkeypox, which resembles so much of of what happened early with COVID. It, It does feel like deja vu to me and lots of folks in public health. Obviously, huge differences. The virus isn't COVID. The Biden administration isn't President Trump. COVID can spread in the air. Monkeypox spreads mostly by touch. Two months into the COVID outbreak in the U.S., that virus had killed hundreds of people. Two months into the monkeypox outbreak here, there isn't a single confirmed death. And there are already vaccines and tests and treatments. President Biden and his team have been much louder and more consistent in warning on monkeypox compared to how President Trump warned on COVID. But yes, There are lots of things that remind me and others of of early 2020. I'm still hearing from patients who are waiting days to get tested or treated. I've talked to doctors who say they're being confounded by paperwork and trying to access what they need. And I'm still hearing that the federal bureaucracy is way too slow on lots of the important things. So if this was a test of how ready we were for the next pandemic, the U.S. is failing. We, we are behind where we need to be on this virus. And that bodes really poorly if something comes that is worse than monkeypox and worse than COVID. Dan, thank you so much. Martine, thanks for having me. God, what a depressing note to end on. Dan Diamond is a national health reporter for The Post. If you want to know more about monkeypox and get all the most up-to-date information, we'll put a link to an FAQ in our show notes and at postreports.com. And if you value this kind of reporting, become a Washington Post subscriber. Go to washingtonpost.com slash subscribe. That's it for Post Reports. Thanks for listening. Today's show was produced by Lexi Diao and mixed by Renny Svernovsky. It was edited by Maggie Penman. I'm Martine Powers. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories from The Washington Post. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. 
The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen.